Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Firing Uzis at snowball fights. Begging cops for blowjobs and smoking crack on game day. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. The NFL is filled with some absolute mad dogs. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk. Somebody stop Look that out. man. As the Super Bowl rolls into Las Vegas, we've dug through the bozos and the bad boys to bring you American football's most unhinged superstars. Oh my God, how could he do that? My name is Jack Rivlin. I'm joined as ever by Zach Sweeney Lynch. Hello, Jack. Hello. And our guest today is journalist and sometime frat boy, <laughs> Josh Kaplan. Oh, well, hello. Welcome. I say sometime frat boy, you have some sort of links to... Yeah, just a long-time appreciator of American frat culture and, and everything therein, really. Mm-hmm. Light beers. Yeah, the, the seedy underbelly of American sport. Is, Big time, yeah that's, yeah. that's your specialist topic, so perfect candidate for were you, were you in a Were you in a frat? Uh, I was loosely attached to the Sigma Alpha Epsilon fraternity at the University of Binghamton through a friend. Got a pretty cool jumper, which I probably should have worn. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> sort of just a... An outside spectator of it all. Any weird initiations you want to tell us about? I wouldn't betray the brothers like that, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Just a warning before we begin. I would say this is one of our smuttier episodes. It's certainly in the same category as Tiger Woods. There's a lot of very graphic descriptions and it's quite relentless. So if you're in the car (laughs) with the kids, I suggest you probably flick over to the High Performance Podcast or (laughs) How to Fail and listen to this one on your own with the headphones in. At 3am with the curtains drawn. (laughs) Shot after dark. (laughs) Get a drink in as well. All right, well, we have got plenty of wrong-uns to discuss today. I was actually fairly shocked by how many we came across in our research. I mean, there are a lot of American football players, but... There's a lot, a lot of dark stories as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is America, so there's a lot, lot of guns. Yeah. That, I mean, for me, the, the problem is when you look into something that initially seems funny and then you, you know, go two steps down, it's like, oh, and then they were later arrested for domestic violence. Yeah, there's a lot of grim shit. So we're not going to be doing those stories. We're not <laughs> doing the really dark stuff. Thanks to everyone on Twitter who sent in those stories. <laughs> we'll be ignoring them. They're too depressing. This is a fun podcast. We're also, by the way, we're not going to be discussing OJ Simpson because he deserves his own episode, we decided. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of wrongs to discuss here, aren't there? Speaking, speaking of uh, criminal charges, I, I discovered there's this thing called the Fulmer Cup, which is uh, it's, it's given out each year in in college football to the team that has the highest number of criminal convictions. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of sort of a sort of a tongue in cheek cup, but 
yeah, they they basically have like a league table. So the I think it's actually it's actually a defunct competition. But the the last winners in 2019 were the Brian Bulldogs, who who had 28 convictions on the, <laughs> that on the team by the end of the year. Famous <laughs> university. <Yeah. laughs> I was going to start getting a bit off putting for parents sending their kids to a, <laughs> to a school. Yeah, they oh. they had a leaderboard as well for um like. MVP, I guess. So there was one guy who had 21 convictions from, from a different team, not even from Brian. Oh, a single player. A single player it's had really 21 convictions yeah. in the yeah. season. Yeah. Carrying that too. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of convictions are we talking? Like, do you uh, There was a lot, I, there wasn't too much detail on it, but there were a few, uh, it's basically like drunken... Drunken um, antics. Drunken antics, yeah. japes. Yeah. Probably also Capers. Some, some horrible... Yeah, probably some really dark <laughs> shit we're not going to talk about. <laughs> Knowing America. Uh, all right, Zach, do you want to... Girls going? Yeah, so we're going to start with Lawrence Taylor, who is kind of one of the the OG American football bad boys. So he was a, a defensive linebacker for the New York Giants in the eighties. He yeah, he was, he was like one of the best players of gen- his generation, but he was also an absolute nutter. So this was clear right from the start. So um, on the day that he was drafted for the NFL, he he drank 41 beers and he, he doesn't he said he doesn't remember the day at all he just woke up and was like wait which type which team picked me again in his in his first season with the new york giants he he almost died in a high-speed car crash at which point his uh his team decided to take out two million dollar life insurance on him so i think they're basically like this guy's fucking nuts like can something's, you just, something's can you just take life insurance on anyone like if you've yeah i think like betting <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically they would kind of like well if, if he's gonna die we may as well make some money off yeah him. um yeah the the owner apparently told the trainer that he'd be surprised if he lived past age 30 <laughs> is he still alive i, I think he's still alive oh yeah. good spoiler yeah. alert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the uh, the investment did look better by by the day, because by Lawrence's third season, he's he's admitted that he was smoking an ounce of crack a day. Right, uh, that's including is that a lot of crack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar <laughs> with. Neither am I, to be honest. But it sounds, it sounds like a lot. Any um, crack smokers listening, do let us know. <laughs> is an ounce a lot? It sounds like a lot. It's twenty eight grams. <laughs> twenty eight grams. Is it? Yeah, uh, that sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> Too much. Um, but obviously, you know, smoking an ounce of crack a day comes with some hazards as a professional sportsman and that's that's not just the heart failure and intense paranoia you've also got to <laughs> got to put up with uh potential for drugs tests so um lawrence found a solution to this which was that he he cornered his his clean teammates and convinced them to piss in an aspirin bottle which he'd carry around with him at all times just in case in case he got called in and that was all going well for like a couple of years when it turned out that one of his teammates wasn't as clean as they professed. That uh, is a risk in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so their piss also came back positive. Was so, that he, also, so he got done. So he got done. He got done. So they, they have this like three strike system in the in the NFL. That, so he, he got his first strike for that. And uh, if you have three drug offences, then, wow. then you're out. It's very possibly. lenient uh, sort of policy, isn't yeah. it? It is, yeah. You can smoke crack three different <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> Just carrying an ounce of crack around with you. Is that a strike or does it have to be in your piss? Uh, I think it... I think you've got a test positive. Mm. Wasn't there another, it might be NBA, it was another American sport where it was quite recently, last couple of years, someone gave a piss test and they'd been using their girlfriend's urine and they came back <laughs> and they were like, it's clean, but you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think there's actually a story in uh, 2005 of this player called Ontario Smith who was caught going through an airport with something called a whizinator, uh, <laughs> which I didn't know what that was, but I looked into it and it is a sex toy specifically made for doing piss play. So I think oh, it's yeah. like a cock that pisses 
And he was, I think he was just carrying it around as like a fake cock full of piss, ready to go in case he got, um, well, drug tested. It's a loaded weapon. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like an aspirin bottle, but you can <laughs> or you, wear or, it. Or yeah, you, I think so. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're just feeling a bit kinky. Exactly. Yeah. It's a bit like what Maradona had. He had a prosthetic penis, didn't he? Yeah. That ended yeah, up yeah. in a museum and then was <laughs> stolen and no one's ever found. <laughs> I've so, somehow imagined Maradona's one a bit more low, low tech than the Wizenator. Do you think it's floppy? <laughs> and the Wizenator's probably the Wizenator. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, the Wizenator. I'm picturing it. Does it? Is it? Does it move? Does I it move I, I wouldn't know. I think it probably moves with you if it's if it's uh, a good okay. one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think you probably make a lot of money if you're in the sort of like prosthetic dick game, yeah. selling it to like really sus athletes. Yeah, because mm. if, if if you're playing in the NFL, you've you've got a bit of money to oh yeah, spend yeah. On, a, on, a high, on a high end Wizenator. <laughs> <laughs> Three speeds, <laughs> different streams. Yeah. <laughs> But by this point, back, back to Lawrence Taylor, by this point, he was, uh, he said that he was spending thousands of dollars a day on coke and women. So, so yeah, alongside the, alongside the crack, he's, he's developed a pretty ravenous appetite for escorts. So much so that he drinks strawberry milkshakes that are laced with penicillin because he, he thinks that's going to help protect against STDs. <laughs> it's kind of like, you, you could just wear a condom. Was <laughs> <laughs> it just penicillin? I don't know. Apparently so. That was that was his that was his method anyway. There's this one story that he uh, he came into training one time in handcuffs, and all his teammates were like, "What the fuck's happened? Like, what have you done? Are you like on the run?" And it turned out that it was just he, these two escorts had handcuffed him the night before in some sort of like bondage play, and then then lost the key. So he had to like get into training, and they they had to call a locksmith to. To come and let Do you him think out. if you were one of the more like clean living teammates and he just walks in like that every every other day there's there's some other fucking thing and you're like fuck's sake man you know, just like a day off yeah. Do you need another bottle of my piss <laughs> <laughs> just so horny he's getting into all sorts of trouble <laughs> coming in handcuffed but he was really good right so he could come yeah get yeah away he was him. he was he was hats off he to was him. Uh, yeah he got he got NFL MVP one time I I also read a story about him in research for this pod that he. He once was smoking so much crack the day before a game, he forgot what day it was, and then he just happened to be driving past the stadium later on, <laughs> cracks wearing off, and he noticed the team were playing. And so he just rocked up, played, and they won. See, <laughs> yeah. I got man of the match. Really. Maybe crack is actually a performance enhancer. <laughs> yeah. So this sort of like pretty exhausting experience that he has with prostitutes gives Lawrence an idea. And he starts hiring girls to go to his opponent's hotel rooms the night before matches. So he said that this this had been done to him one time in, in college football. Like it was the night before a game and like he's trying to get an early night. Like 1am, there's a knock at the door and it's these two beautiful women who come in and say, hey, Lawrence, we're here for you. And uh, yeah, well, you, can, you can imagine what happened next. It, it worked uh, in that case. Got the he, old wizardator out. That's not him, is it? <laughs> Is the idea um, just to keep them awake? Yeah, so it's just to, to basically tire them out the night before And matches. to presumably maybe drain them of some testosterone. Yeah. I actually once had a school rugby coach who, before big games, would just do this really weird talk where he was like, don't wag. Right. And don't wag, you'll drain all your testosterone, and you won't have the fight in you for tomorrow. And I was like... Was he like and if you do, come to my room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think, Think of, of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a school that teacher, just like slightly don't... above and beyond. Of what... Don't mention wagging. Yeah, don't yeah. mention wagging if you're a school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> be my advice. Yeah. Also, that that trick of sending prostitutes to the room—it feels quite. I imagine like the Russians would do that to like Richard Nixon when yeah. he was visiting, yeah. you know, what I mean? or Trump or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah. It did. It did work there apparently. 
Um, so he, yeah, he 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 did that. He did that for years. So Lawrence retired in 1993, and he he'd had this great career. He won two Super Bowls. He was NFL MVP. So you'd think at this point he's he's probably going to retire, maybe pursue some other business interests, maybe do a bit of punditry. But instead, he he said, "It's a quote from him." I saw Coke as the only bright spot in my future. Wow. So he, <laughs> it's quite sad. He was, yeah, it was quite sad. It's quite so a romantic attachment to Coke, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, he was basically, he was just like, I just couldn't wait to retire so I could get back on it. Was he ever uh, off it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he did. So he got caught again with crack at some point. It was basically like, yeah, I'm on my final strike. So he gave it up for a few years. Mm. But by the time he was coming to the end of his career, he was like gagging for a... Sweet, a sweet rock. Crack pipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, from there it gets... Pretty dark. <laughs> we might, she might, cut might, it there. Wrap up, wrap up there on Lawrence Taylor. No, no. Suffice to say, he was he was a character, <laughs> a character, <laughs> flamboyant. Yeah. It's the thing about America is they can't do anything normally. They have to take it too far with yeah. fucking everything. Just yeah. so extreme. Yeah. yeah. Why is crack so big in American sport? Actually, it's big in snooker. I was about to say it's not big in <laughs> British sport, but. Yeah, I think. I mean, this it's was just this was to find in the UK, anyway, mm. isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> this, was, this was this was the 80s. This was the 80s as well. So it was kind of the yeah. the golden age of crack. Before they knew it was bad, <laughs> some people call <laughs> it the crack epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, golden age of crack. It's so quite nostalgic. <laughs> All right, we're going to stay in the 1980s for our next player, who is Mr. Jim McMahon. So the year is 1985. It's the Super Bowl in New Orleans. And at Louis Armstrong Airport, the Chicago Bears touch down the week before the big game. And off step the players. They're led by McMahon, who's this talismanic quarterback. And he's immediately met by this press pack. And they're all they're all yelling, Mr. McMahon, how's your butt? <laughs> and uh, he snarls back, no comment. And the reason they're asking about his ass is that he'd injured it the week before. He'd fallen nastily on it, on his coccyx, I think. Anyway, it became this like press obsession. So they're training in New Orleans like a few days before the game and there's helicopters circling overhead and they're all like zooming in on his ass. So McMahon <laughs> just, just pulls his trousers down and moons them. And from that point, he slightly loses his mind. Um, so he this is four days out from the Super Bowl, biggest game of his career. He goes on a bender with Bob Hope, the great comedian. And, um, you know, it's it's all like fairly good-natured stuff. They're sort of like eating shrimp and gumbo, <laughs> necking drinks. But then um, Bob decides to leave Jim to it and Jim goes off on one. So he's, he's like surrounded by a crowd in a bar. They all want autographs and he just walks out the bar and just pisses on the doorstep in front of everyone. <laughs> and everyone's like, what's going on? <laughs> then he flees to his friend's house where he spotted throwing fruit at passersby from his fourth floor window. Um, and he doesn't really remember much of what happens next. But the next morning, Jim wakes up with a splitting hangover and the phone's ringing in his hotel room. And he's like, oh, what's going on? Sort of like reaches over, picks the phone up, and the voice at the end of the line just goes, you son of a bitch! And he's like, oh, what the fuck? I'm getting like prank calls. Puts it down. Five minutes later, it's like, you're going to goddamn hell! And he's just getting all these hate calls. And he's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Wanders down to breakfast where his coach is waiting, like arms folded, looking really pissed off. And the coach informs Jim that he'd been on local radio at 6am <laughs> branding the women of New Orleans sluts and bitches <laughs> slurring down the line. And this kicks off this like massive local fury. He's obviously getting death threats. Um, Jim has no recollection of making the phone call and, and kind of denies it to this day and insists that it was a prankster. And no one really knows. My money personally is on Jim. As the maker of Considering the you can't remember anything that happened, it does sound... Last thing he remembers is lobbing fruit at locals. Yeah, yeah. It's not a stretch to have made the phone call. 
Um, anyway, they start getting bomb threats. He has to train in a different jersey number because of sniper risk. <laughs> really? Again, America. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Here you'd get a bit of Twitter abuse, but there it's snipers. <laughs> um, however, he does star as the Bears win the Super Bowl, 41-12. So it's, it's a happy ending. Mm. Um, as for Jim, you're probably wondering what he's up to these days. I've found this quote from him in 2007. He said, I've been doing a lot of stuff with our soldiers and the injured guys that are coming back. I went to Iraq over New Year's, spent three days there. I was actually there for the hanging of Saddam Hussein. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking up. It's quite cool to witness history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. history. But it makes it sound like he was on like a lad's holiday. It's like, yeah, I got to... Yeah, got to see the, got to visit the new camp. Yeah, it sounds like he's in San Sebastian yeah. trying the like tapas. Yeah, pinchos. Yeah, no, it's a darker holiday. Yeah. I think it's quite funny because I imagine knowing American sports radio, there'll be people in New Orleans that still to this day cannot fucking stand him. Can't can't forgive him. Yeah, can't forgive him because the people. If you ever listen to like local radio in America, are absolutely insane sports mm, fans. Yeah. Also, if you want to upset people, insult insult where they live or the. Yeah. The women of where they live <laughs> yeah. tends to be quite a sort of like, it rouses something medieval and angry <laughs> yeah. in the men. Probably rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got another pre-Super Bowl scandal for you. So I imagine that this year before the big game, the players will probably be like tucked up in bed at nine o'clock mm. with just a, a creatine sachet and a motivational audio book for company. Taylor Swift album. <laughs> and a Taylor Swift album, probably. But that's if they've heard the cautionary tale of, of Eugene Robinson. So I want to take you back to the 30th of January, 1999. So it's the, it's the day before the Super Bowl. Eugene Robinson, who, who plays with the Atlanta Falcons, is up on stage receiving the, the Bart Starr Award, which is a, it's an annual award that's given to the NFL player who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home, on the field and in the community. <laughs> so... You know, you can imagine that Eugene's feeling pretty pretty chuffed with himself after receiving that award. And he he does what you or I would do and heads straight to Miami's red light district to treat himself to a celebratory blowjob. So <laughs> Eugene is cruising his uh his Cadillac down the down the street when he uh he spots a, a lovely looking lady of the night and pulls up his car and offers her Forty dollars for a, for a blowjob. See, giving back to the community. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> supporting the supporting the local economy. A um, <laughs> unfortunately for for Eugene, it turns out uh, to be an undercover cop. Oh, that is. And yeah, who who, who then arrests him for for soliciting prostitution. Um, so he, he he like goes to jail. They actually let him out in time to play. Um, that is very American, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they understand the importance of the big game. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the the word sort of gets out, like it kind of dominates the build up to the game. And Eugene has a nightmare game, um, makes like loads of mistakes. Falcons lose thirty four nineteen, and he basically he, he blames himself for for this. And and does he ever win the Super Bowl? I think that was his one shot, wasn't it? I think that I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think he ever wins it. But the so I saw a few a few years ago the Atlanta Falcons got back to the Super Bowl for the first time since then, and I think he went into their locker room before to give them this like motivational talk, and basically he said like don't do what I did. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so whatever you do, don't go looking for a blowjob the night before, and if you do. Make sure they're not an undercover cop. Make sure it's real. <laughs> it's quite specific advice. Yeah. I think they lost that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that was the game where they played the Patriots and they had their big lead and then they fucked oh, the it thriller. up. Oh, the thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
what, what is that really what the police should be doing with their time is just stinging blokes looking like what, what, is, is that not entrapment is my question yeah basically. kind of yeah and they've got different rules about it there they seem to do it a lot in florida it seems like it happens a lot where what, they, like it stings like that. yeah 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 like there's the the robert craft the robert craft thing where the owner of the patriots um basically there was this massage parlor sash like sort of hand job place uh, <laughs> called the orchids of asia uh that was being investigated for um for being a brothel and the police put up cameras in the corner of all the massage rooms they did it as sort of like a soprano style bugging thing mm-hmm. and they managed to get footage of patriots owner robert Kraft getting wanked off and sucked off <laughs> um by these masseuses and then there's some pretty grim stuff in the police report where they like helped him clean up his balls does the police report really need to go into that much detail it said white fluffy towel so yeah I guess <laughs> it does need to it's nice how they commented on the quality of the yeah. towel <laughs> and then afterwards he left the car park of the, the CD massage place in a, in a massive white Bentley which again feels <laughs> probably a bit conspicuous um, and then got stopped by a cop and then he basically tried to give the cop his Super Bowl ring and ask him if he was a fan of the Patriots <laughs> to try and get really? out of it. They tried to bribe him. Yeah, with- well, with the Patriots being in a very like American way, being like, hey man, are you a fan of the Patriots? I own them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Great, so you flagged yourself up as a very famous, <laughs> very famous person. <laughs> but then, yeah, he was indicted uh, with soliciting prostitution and there is a videotape out there. I don't know if it's been released, but it exists of oh, Patriots good. owner getting a getting a hand getting, getting his that's balls clean with red a, gem with of the internet. The beautifully, beautifully plump white towel. <laughs> yeah. And that's Robert Kraft, who owns Kraft, who owns like the Cabris. mac and cheese, the Cabris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So think about that next time you're putting some Heinz on your <laughs> <laughs> your baked beans. <laughs> Ruined. There's another Robert Kraft super boring story as well. I think it's him who met Putin. And um, he like gave one of his Super Bowl rings to Putin to try on, and Putin was like, "Oh, I, I think he says something like, I could break a man's face with this.'" Like, yeah. and everyone laughs, and then Putin just slips it off and puts it in his pocket and yeah. walks off. And his heavies, Robert Kraft's like, "No, that's my ring," and his heavies just surround him and like, "Yeah, he's not, not getting that back. <laughs> yeah, it's just gone." <laughs> so good. It's probably a better way to lose your ring than to a cop. Yeah. If I was the cop, I'd probably take the bribe. Yeah, but I think he was maybe part of this thing. Oh, yeah, a lot of people knew. Yeah. Like, quite hard to resell something like that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just keep it. Keep it in a little cabinet. Also, yeah. he, he might have seen the tape and he, he knows where that ring's been. <laughs> <laughs> God, these stories are all quite sordid, aren't they? <laughs> Don't know what we were expecting. It's grubby. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Okay, this one. This one's quite fun. It's also pretty sordid. This is the Minnesota Vikings love boat scandal. Uh, so it's very common in the NFL to hold a rookie party quite soon after the season starts to welcome the new players. And one season, the Minnesota Vikings decided to crank things up a notch for their rookie party. They headed to the scenic Lake Minnetonka, where there's a lovely family-run business known as Alan Almers. And Alan Almers is sort of fish shack, but they also rent out boats. And the player said, hey, look, we want to do a boat rental, take a couple of boats. Can you give us a crew? And they were like, yeah, of course. It's going to be lovely. So they rent them out these two boats and 17 players head out on the ships, but they're not on their own. They are accompanied by 100 women flown in from Florida, Atlanta, New York, LA, across the country. And these women are prostitutes, I should clarify. And the first sign among locals that things might be slightly amiss come when they spot on the deck of the boat four players sitting in deck chairs getting blowjobs. So at this point they know, okay, this isn't going to be any ordinary (laughs) boat cruise. Um, Around this time, a woman calls 911 saying that there's seven seven men peeing in my yard. Uh, So the police turn up and they're sort of like dealing with this woman. It turns out that uh, basically after the boat cruise, seven players had stepped off and just just pissed all over her garden, which was, yeah, she confronted them and they were just like, ma'am, we had to go. Um, Anyway, so while the police are dealing with this relatively minor complaint, the boats come ashore and off step some very shell-shocked crew members. (laughs) And the crew members, I'll I'll quote what the crew members describe seeing. Uh, They describe witnessing masturbation, oral sex, anal sex, woman on man, woman on woman, toys, double penetration, middle of the floor, middle of the couches, middle of the room. It actually kind of gets less worse there. I love how they're like, well, I was horrified by the anal sex, but the middle of the couches and stuff yeah. is what really did it. Really gets me. Um, so the ringleader of, of these sordid scenes is Fred Smoot, one of the players. Um, and he he gets in particular trouble because there's a the the crew make a police complaint, so this becomes a police matter. And one of the things Fred Smoot is accused of doing is grabbing a double headed dildo and manipulating it inside two women. Um, here's him describing what happened. We had one situation where the girls were performing for us, and one of them just stopped at ex Fred Smoot politely. Could you please? hand that weapon of mass destruction right there that happened to be a double-headed deal, though, to me. So I said, okay, no problem. Who am I to deny you of this? So I gently grabbed it, gave it to her, and they proceeded to entertain. It's any guy in his 20s dream, all right? It was a, a adrenaline, masculine field just crazy atmosphere. Why is, he, why is he telling this story as if he's, sounds like he's doing an advert for kids TV. <laughs> <laughs> he's so like, I've, I've seen that interview. He's so unapologetic about it. Yeah. He's so into it. Um, there's a bit, actually he, like 10 years ago, he did this thing on Reddit. He did like an AMA and someone asked like, Oh Fred, there's a rumor that um, a woman was getting eaten out on the bar of the boat. And then he just replies, we call that running through the okra patch yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Mississippi. Yeah, where he's yeah. from. Down south. That's what we call it. <laughs> Um, and then he explains what why running through the okra patch, and apparently he describes okra patches as slimy things you can't escape. So <laughs> that's why uh, it's running through the the okra patch. Um, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to find the original police complaint for that, going through the sort of Hennepin County uh, court documents. Um, I think some of them were charged, but one of the funniest charges they got was like 
misdemeanor on a water vessel so it's like a specific nautical base charge <laughs> well it's meant to be for like speeding yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. or like being drunk in charge of a boat but it's like ruining the sanctity of the lake <laughs> I just love the image of all the locals on the lake like fishing and just looking up and witnessing these scenes these horrifying scenes also the poor staff as well they just thought they they're probably used to taking out like a load of pensioners on a, yeah. on a, on a fishing trip <laughs> really gentle cruise around the lake yeah. you can come back <laughs> just, it's, it's actually to be fair James Haskell led a boat party which we won't get into too much detail on because we've talked about it on the Rugby Wrongans episode but it was quite similar and that yeah. one involved like they were, they were like shitting on each other <laughs> that one was less sexual I think it was just the team that, that, yeah I think that's the big difference between like rugby and American football is like the rugby stuff is like grimmer in and probably more like shitty yeah they're not just less getting sexual pleasure. <laughs> yeah. yeah more shitty it's more forfeity yeah it? more bloke yeah. on bloke stuff yeah, yeah. Fred Smoot doesn't seem to be bothered about it at all he just loves talking about it no yeah the way he told that story it was almost it was like it, it was like it was an advert for the for the tour company like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just running through the okra yeah. patch <laughs> yeah so next next up we've got um antonio brown so so a more more recent player so you might remember antonio was the the player who retired midway through a match in 2022 so oh, yeah. he was like there was a match going on and at some point he just like you can see him on the sidelines getting really agitated and then he just rips off his shirt, takes off his pads, just like runs across the pitch, like grinning, like throws everything into the into the crowd and is like waving to them <laughs> and just runs off and everyone's like, what, what the hell's going on? Like, still, The match is still going on. And then the... Uh, his uh, his trainer comes out afterwards. Is like, yeah, he's uh, he's that, was, that was his last game. <laughs> <laughs> he never played again. No, he hasn't never played again. But the warning signs that he was a little bit unhinged were there for a while. So in 2018. Uh, Antonio was caught throwing furniture off the balcony of his his fourteenth floor apartment. Um, so he was throwing out like he threw out some 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 vases, an ottoman, other like pretty large pieces of furniture. Almost killed a man who was who was walking with his grandchild. Yeah. And um, obviously, like the passers-by were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And called the police. So police arrived, and Antonio explained to them that he was he was trashing the apartment because. Uh, because a handgun had gone missing. <laughs> Which is, it's like telling the cops, um, I've lost my crack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, okay. Sorry. Well, Karen, find as, as you were. As you were. Yeah. Did he find the gun? I don't think so. I think he, he locked he was, it over the side. He was, worried, well. he was worried that somebody had stolen it. That's amazing. Yeah. But that year, Antonio had a, had a couple of run-ins with doctors. So he got frostbite after refusing to wear socks in a cryotherapy chamber. <laughs> so you know these like super, super cold chambers that you go into to like recover from injuries. And apparently when you go in, you've got to wear like double gloves, double socks, because otherwise you'll get frostbite. And he just, he just refused and got frostbite. <laughs> he <like laughs> then shared this picture of this horrible photo of his feet, like peeling, the skin just peeling off. He also he had a he had a private doctor's appointment with this guy. I think he was getting some kind of fat test, and he turned up three hours late to his appointment, and then proceeded to repeatedly fart in the doctor's face. <laughs> <laughs> How's that become news? Is the doctor? Yeah. So the doctor came out. This is this is a quote from the doctor. The doctor said, "It just seemed childish to me. I'm a doctor, and this man is farting in my face." <laughs> You're not bound by like any confidentiality there. Well, the, doc- the doctor says that he also still owes him eleven and a half thousand dollars. He probably supersedes the confidentiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't happen on the NHS. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he just sold it to TMZ to get his money back, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Does sound like he was 
farting almost deliberately in his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally he, farting. He said he was just like, he was basically just laughing, just farting and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> The Kansas City Chiefs will be playing in Sunday Super Bowl. They won it last year in a bit of a thriller, and they're back again this year. But one person who won't be there is Chiefs superfan Xavier Babudar, who regularly attends matches dressed in a wolf costume. And the reason he won't be there is because he's currently at US Penitentiary Leavenworth (laughs) after being indicted by a grand jury over a series of bank robberies. So Babudar, who's known as Chiefsaholic, uh, was arrested after police noticed a pattern of bank robberies by a man in a wolf costume. And they were always... (laughs) Get a different costume. (laughs) They were were always in the same locations as the Chiefs away matches. (laughs) This guy who always goes to games in a wolf costume would just, to fund his away trips, I guess, he'd just nip out to a local bank and in the same costume, just rob the bank, stick them up at gunpoint and just take all the money. Eventually, someone got wise to this pattern. <laughs> somehow, yeah, somehow, somehow. I love the idea of this like twelve-year FBI investigation with loads of like like a board with loads of arrows thrown over, it, and then someone was like, "Is this all the Chiefs game?" <laughs> <laughs> the penny dropped. Anyway, so Barney, he cause it, he was like a really like f- you know famous fan account. He had like thousands of followers, and on tw- on Twitter, people were always like, "How do you afford all these away trips? You're traveling the country." And apparently, he replied, "I make a good living. Plus, I hustle in private." <laughs> To be honest, I'm playing with house money. Gingerbread house money. (laughs) He he got apprehended eventually and they let him go out on a bail bond, which is probably a mistake because he very quickly cut off his ankle tag and then went on another spree robbing more banks. (laughs) Tried to launder the money in a casino and was eventually caught in Las Vegas. Which is ironically where the Super Bowl is this year. Sadly, he won't be there. He's back in Missouri in cuffs. Awaiting trial, so innocent till proven guilty. (laughs) You'd think if you were going to do that, you'd get just a slightly different costume for the games and for the robbery. Because then you could be like, oh, no, that's the other wolf. He he does the robberies, I'm just here supporting the team. Yeah, Yeah, different wolves, mate. Actually, we did have a picture in our newsletter of him sticking up a um, bank. Okay, I'm just going to show Josh the photo now. So this is <laughs> the Chiefs album. That is fucking good. Yeah, I'll stick a link to it in the show description so people can see yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, he's just wearing the same thing, just with like some overalls. <laughs> he's even wearing his red Kansas City Chiefs cap. <laughs> God, he's really not hiding it at all. Surely that was the point at which they clocked the Chiefs connection is when they're like, hang on, he's he's wearing the wolf costume and the red Chiefs yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, a wolf in chief's clothing. I'll uh, I'll drop a link to that. And that actually, that story was from our newsletter. If you don't already read the Upshot newsletter, sign up, www.upshot.email. More quality stories like that. Okay, so I'm going to take us back to the to the 90s for the next story. And the, the Dallas Cowboys, who were really like the dominant force in the NFL in the, in the mid-90s. They won three Super Bowls in four years. So the players were like, you know, pretty feely feeling pretty on top of the world. And they decided to club together to rent a a three-bedroom house around the corner from their training ground. So this was on like a a really quiet little residential cul-de-sac on the outskirts of Dallas. And they they called their house the White House. And (laughs) the leader of this this plan was a guy called Michael Irvin, who who was one of their star players. And basically every Friday after training, him and his personal assistant, would drive around all the the local strip clubs and invite girls to come back with them for the weekend. So they'd basically throw these huge weekend long like booze and drug fueled sex parties, basically. And the players would like, you know, they'd go home to their wives and their girlfriends and 
and then would sneak out and uh, and go to this. It's basically like a frat house. Really. Sounds like they're running their own brothel. It's basically a brothel, <laughs> kind of a brothel. I don't think they. I'm not sure. Were if there the, permanent prostitutes there? Uh, no, so payroll. <laughs> I think I don't know. If, I don't know if they paid girls to be oh, okay. there. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they, I think Should they just invited. Them. They said that like they said that to begin with they had to invite them, and then after a while, people just Word wanted to. Spread, people just yeah. wanted to come. It's kind of like the sixties. <laughs> Sort of a commune. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, they, they just, just have these huge sex parties. So the, um, Michael Irvin's assistant later, he said, he said, no one in that house knew the word no. It was just a nonstop <laughs> party, a nonstop orgy. Everything you can imagine, then triple it. It's the first time I'd ever seen women sucking on a man's toes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, kind of charming in the context yeah, of this part. Yeah, he, he did say, of course, there was a lot more going on than just that. But this arrangement eventually comes crashing down when police bust in on Michael Irvin and, and one of his Cowboys teammates and two girls in a in a hotel room. This was actually not... It's not even the using House. the White House. They weren't using the White House. Fancy a change of scenery. But the police bust in and they find 10 grams of cocaine, marijuana and... Loads of sex toys, <laughs> which isn't a crime. The sex toys, sort of a recurring no. theme as well, isn't yeah, it? Wizenators using a lot of equipment. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Actually, yeah. yeah, it's quite an industrial process. Well, it's like the NFL used to a lot of pads, a lot of uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's a highly professional league. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a crime. The sex toys, right? The sex yeah. toys isn't, but the ten grams of cocaine, right? Yeah. And soon after that, a local TV station publishes an expose of the White House. So it turned out that. Irvin's assistant had, had ratted on him and had set up a hidden camera in his car and had filmed Irvin driving around buying cocaine, basically. Actually, it was actually the same guy. So it later came out that this guy had also set up hidden cameras in the house that only Michael Irvin knew about. The teammates didn't know about it, which is uh, that's actually, actually quite, quite right. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's this like local paper published this expose. They tracked down some of the neighbours as well. So there was a quote from one of the neighbours that said, all sorts of women coming in and out. None of them were wearing wedding rings either, because that's the first thing I look for. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good God-fearing man, right? <laughs> um, was that just a neighbour? That was a neighbour. But he must have had an interesting time just watching on. Yeah, he he, he actually said that it was like surprisingly quiet from the house. He's, I was, he was like, I, I was actually hoping that they'd make a bit of noise, that I could go around and bang on the door and say, I'll either call the police or you let me join. <laughs> <laughs> He was gutted <laughs> at the windows. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this came out in the press and uh, Nate Newton, who was uh, one of the Cowboys players, was defending the White House. And he, he told one reporter, well, we, we've got a little place over here. We're running some horrors in and out. We're trying to be responsible. And we have criticised for that too. <laughs> what part of that is responsible? Yeah. I guess keeping um, it indoors. Keep, yeah. Providing work. For yeah. Local the local women. economy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving yeah, yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he didn't see any, he didn't see any issue in it. Irvin, on the other hand, goes to court for, actually not for the White House, for the, for the hotel room bust. He gets a, a 10 grand fine, five match ban and 800 hours of community service. This story takes a little bit of a dark turn because it turns out that one of the, if it, if it didn't already take yeah. a turn, it takes a darker turn because it turns out that one of the, girls that he was with in the hotel room was the fiance of a Dallas policeman. Oh my God. That'll get you. <laughs> that, that policeman is then caught trying to hire a hitman to kill Michael Irvin. But the hitman turns out to be another undercover cop. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so that's so a, fucking GTA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. So that policeman then got 12 years for, uh, 
Wow. For uh, soliciting a hitman. That is mental. What, yeah. his fiance just went back to the White House and carried on. <laughs> yeah. She just got free. Yeah. They called her the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> that is That story is the best of the ones we've had, I think. Yeah, it's pretty. That's like Netflix mad. Yeah. worthy. Yeah. Maybe we'll make a little YouTube film about that one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As for Michael Irvin, he's, there's another story from later on in his career that he... Um, he stabbed a teammate in the neck with a pair of scissors. So the team were like away on a away on a away on a training camp, and um, they're all getting their hair cut. And it's one of the sort of like younger players is is in the chair, like the barber's cutting his hair. And Irvin decides that he's, I I want my hair cut first. So he's like, get out of the chair. I'm getting mine done. And this player's like, no, fuck off. Like getting my just let me let him finish, please. Like it's halfway through, and Irvin takes it very badly, grabs the barber's scissors and stabs him in the neck like almost like misses by an inch one of the like major arteries like he could have died yeah it's a good way um, to kill someone yeah 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 so uh it's almost as if getting hit in the head professionally does not make you <laughs> yeah. a super chill guy well maybe we've come this far without mentioning <laughs> yeah yeah so there's probably a lot of explanation there is it's like they are just sort of permanently concussed yeah. And just kind of a bit bit loose cannony. Yeah, the mm. elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. There is a dark reason yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a big overreaction to wait. Although waiting for a haircut can it's be long. quite yeah, fucking yeah. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I've often considered just, <laughs> yeah, just stabbing yeah. someone. <laughs> just sweetly todding them. <laughs> that is a hard one to follow. But uh something we talk about regularly on the upshot is sports stars who have fathered an ungodly number of children. So I think probably in football, the record is Roberto Carlos, who's 11 from seven. So that's 11 children from seven mothers. Carl Walker's catching up. He's got six children from three mothers. But the absolute god daddy of them all is NFL star Antonio Cromarty, who by 2010, he had eight kids. Uh, here's a video of him trying to name them all. Yeah, Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my, my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's a, he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th named London. Uh, another daughter that was born named Leilani who's uh, two years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. I mean, he actually does pretty well. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, although one of them he just says my daughter three my of, son yeah. Yeah. three of them are three <laughs> I noticed it's big year presumably not and the same he, uh, snuck in a few like geographical names there probably helps to remember them if you can remember like pin them on like a city or a yeah. country yeah. you well, need a system yeah, they were conceived yeah yeah the mother's English she'll go in London yeah <laughs> yeah. So, so at that point he had eight and he does quite well I think maybe there was someone behind the camera mouthing the names <laughs> yeah. and, like, he's, cards, and yeah. he's like he's like really scratching his head yeah he's like during uh, the video like counting counting them on his hands I think you would struggle because yeah. age order isn't an easy guide for him because they're all like similar ages <laughs> yeah. um, anyway by 2013 he'd fathered 11 children with 6 women and at that point he decided it's probably time to get the snip because this is getting out of hand um, so he got a vasectomy in 2013 but in 2016 he had 14 children <laughs> from age so it didn't work <laughs> he's either incredibly stupid or the vasectomy didn't work yeah. possibly both seriously <laughs> strong swimmers yeah <laughs> Do you think he's ever seen a condom in his life? <laughs> Doesn't know what they are. Doesn't yeah. know they exist. There was another NFL player, I forget whose name, who recently has, has got loads of women pregnant at once. And one of the women came forward and was like, he clearly has a fetish for getting women pregnant. He <laughs> needs to be like given the snip. <laughs> so it's possible that's the explanation. 
Maybe they're just very Christian. Mm. Well, it's America, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just mm. believe in fathering. So the last one that we've got for you is uh, Mr. Brian Bosworth, aka the Boz, who <laughs> only he only played three NFL seasons before injury ended his career. But more interested in his college football era. Era. Um, so he played for Oklahoma University, and it. To be honest, it sounds like absolute anarchy there. So he was he was banned for taking steroids while he was there, as were a few of the other players. He also says that players were, were freebasing cocaine on game days. So freebasing cocaine, I had to look this up. It's, it's basically crack. It was like yeah. crack before crack was invented. Um, <laughs> Retro crack. Yeah, yeah. OG crack. Vintage crack. <laughs> so they're like smoking crack on game days. And they're students. And they're students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's, he's he kind of said that the 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 team coaches just didn't mind really like as long as you as long as you're playing well like maybe it is a performance of, enhancer has to be it's probably quite good for nfl because doesn't crack only last like 15 minutes but it's like you know one big bang so for nfl where you're just these smashing sm- into each other yeah, yeah these yeah. small i mean you might need one between each down or something i don't know <laughs> for for high intensity short intervals maybe that's why they wear the helmets they've just got a little like built in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> honker in there there was another another mental story from his autobiography about a snowball fight outside the athletics dorms at the at the university so there you know it's like snow day everyone's out you know, having having a good time throwing some snowballs around when his teammate his name is Buster Rhymes no no relation to the Buster Rhymes <laughs> different Buster Rhymes <laughs> different Buster Rhymes must be a common name there I don't know um, it's family name yeah yeah <laughs> Buster Rhymes is hit by a snowball and he reacts by by legging it up to his dorm and grabbing an Uzi <laughs> and reappearing and just firing this Uzi around people who are just like fleeing. Um, which, honestly, I think Buster Rhymes should not be taking part in snowball fights. <laughs> if that's his reaction. Was Buster Rhymes jailed for that or is that just like... I think it was just... Just uh, if you were the other college hijinks, yeah. If you were the other Buster Rhymes, you'd probably be quite pissed off that someone was trying to bring an Uzi on your name. Yeah, <laughs> your good clean name. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that we got a gun story in because I was concerned that we almost didn't have enough guns. Mm. That was a fun gun story. <laughs> no one was hurt with the Uzi, were they? No, I don't think so. Okay, good. Crack on, Buster. <laughs> that is a serious roast gallery. Yeah. Okay, I'll let you guys go first. Uh, Josh, who are you picking as your favourite? I think that the Minnesota Love Boat scandal has got to be got to be my favorite, just because of the uh, juxtaposition between the serene lake setting and the filth on board, uh, and the sort of the fact that they got hit with a, a nautical police charge. I think that's pretty pretty good going. <laughs> nautical misdemeanor. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good for that one. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it kind of feels like good, clean fun in the context of some of the other stories. Yeah, no, um, no big crimes, just lots of little crimes. Yeah. Um, try, they, try telling that to the poor woman who had her, her vegetable patch urinated <laughs> on. Yeah, rhododendrons were yeah. never the same again. <laughs> okay, so you're going Vikings Love Boat. Big with a shout yeah. out for Fred Smoot. Yeah, yeah, for Fred Smoot in particular, I think. Yeah. Just given how still quite proud he is, I think that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I do like that about them. Him. <laughs> Lack of shame. Zach? For me, it's got to be the the Kansas City Wolf bank robber, <laughs> just purely for the the brazen spirit that he has to just just rob banks 
every every other week on away days yeah. and and then just rock up to the game in the same costume that you've just held up a bank with. <laughs> yeah, well, his trial's in April, if you want oh, to really? go. Oh, really? Should yeah. we go, yeah. Justice for Chicken, Chicken yeah. It's a federal trial, so they can get quite serious. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, you're going with him. I think, I mean, I'm not suggesting for a minute that Michael Irvine is a likeable, nice <laughs> figure, but I think it was my favourite story because of the twists, particularly the hitman at the end. Mm. So... Yeah, I don't want to be friends with him. I'd probably be friends with Fred Smoot if I had to pick but you, one. But you would watch the Netflix documentary of his hell life. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It must be happening. Um, yeah, he's he's my that is my favourite saga, I think. It's a good one. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that hasn't got you warmed up for the Super Bowl, I don't know what will. <laughs> don't know how linked to American football those yeah. stories were, but that's sort of the point of the upshot. Yeah, Josh, we'll definitely have you on again for... Pleasure to be here. It doesn't have to be American. Ah. I do the American stuff quite. Uh, yeah, you do. You know, I like to. Um, I like to be the exception to the sort of rule of uh, British people involved in American sports, where you know they're they're usually from the Midlands. They usually have like a camo uh, jersey, and they're called Kyle, and they stay up till three a.m. I don't do any of that. I just like the smut. <laughs> You're not guzzling Monster Energy drinks. Absolutely, no not. neck beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll, we'll stick around for the smart. I'm sure we'll have plenty more topics yeah. for you. I think that was one of our most smarty pods ever. But good. Good, yeah. <laughs> That's what we got you for. Uh, so thanks, Josh. Oh, sorry. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> and thanks, Zach. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Please hit subscribe, share that with your American friends in a non-judgmental way. Thanks a lot. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.